0: The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. Hello and welcome to the Movie Game Podcast. We are here talking about new animated film from Illumination, The Secret Life of Pets. With me today is Sarah. Howdy. Hello, Sarah and Trevor. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Classic Trevor. And today, as I said, we will be talking about The Secret Life of Pets, the latest film from the creators of the Minions, as they told us many, many times in this film, Illumination so Entertainment. Oh, many times. So many even a minion short beforehand which no one in my audience laughed at which made me a little happy. So The Secret Life of Pets is a film that follows pets. It follows mainly Max voiced by Louis C.K. who is a cute neurotic little dog who uh, is in love with his owner who is Mary. I'm bad with names. I
1: don't remember her name.
0: Katie. 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 After <laughs> a yes. great start. to a great start. You Obviously,
1: uh, this ma- movie made a big impression on all of yeah,
0: us. Yeah, yeah. I think we're, we're showing off already on this one. Uh, Max uh, loves Katie. He's given a great life until one day, a new giant dog named Duke. Katie brings home. They don't get along. Through a various series of circumstances, they fight. Get lost. Uh, end up running into a gang of, uh, misbegotten pets who hate owners and want to kill them, led by an adorable bunny voiced by Kevin Hart. Through various misadventures, they get back home and learn to get together, and if it all sounds familiar, it's basically the plot of Toy Story with dogs. And I think that's kind of where I'm coming from. As you can tell, we're all a little bit lackadaisical for a movie that ended up grossing $100 million this weekend and probably going to make a billion dollars worldwide, but, uh, I thought this room was just kind of dull. It was really uninteresting. I thought the action was really interesting. I was surprised the comedy wasn't very good. Uh, and it was okay, but, I mean, no one in my theater laughed, which is weird. I think maybe it's just me in my theater. But for all audience of kids to not laugh, I, it was very odd. So I'm curious. What did you guys think of Secret Life of Pets? Am I the grouch here or not?
1: No, I, I really agree. I mean, I went, and, you know, it was fine i wasn't necessarily like bored at any part but it was you know incredibly predictable from uh in comparison to a lot of the new children's films that have been coming out recently i didn't feel it was as intelligently written as a lot of kids films that have been coming out recently um the animation was okay um I mean, you know, obviously quite cartoonish, which is probably what they were going for, I'm sure. But I wasn't, you know, very impressed by it or anything. Well, yeah, and, uh, uh,
0: just a quick note, Illumination is kind of known for making lower budget than Pixar. Sure. Like This one costs $70 million versus like uh, mm. Inside Out, which costs $180 million or something like that. Sorry mm. to interrupt for this.
1: That's okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, I, I had a, a couple of good laughs, but, you know, I wouldn't feel compelled to see it again and honestly it seems like something i might have rather seen on dvd instead of going to the movies and watching it
0: trevor did you feel the same way
2: uh this was the best hour and a half of dog jokes i've ever seen put to screen is that <laughs> Uh, that's, that's the best I can do. I'm sorry. One of us really needs to like take the counterpoint on this, and it's down to me because I'm the last to speak as usual. You don't have to. You don't have to.
1: I did enjoy all of the dog people versus cat people jokes mm-hmm. that Chloe came out with. As a cat person, I could really identify with everything <laughs> Chloe had to say. My girlfriend
2: wanted to see this movie, and she's a dog person, so we kind of, I guess, got some appreciation out of that as well. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: I'm currently dog-sitting for my neighbor who has three dogs who all have to cuddle me all the time and sleep in the bed with me at night, and I really, you know, they're adorable. But they're love sponges, and I only have so much love to give. <laughs> love
2: sponges.
1: <laughs> but anyway, that has nothing to do with the film at present, except for dogs. I think it has a lot
2: to do with the film, actually. Yeah. I think uh, most of this film's emotional connection with you just depends on, like, how much you like pets. Like, it's, mm-hmm. that's, that's the one emotional heartstring that they tug on for, like, yeah. the whole movie. Whereas, I don't know, if we wanted to keep... We're, we're inevitably going to keep making Pixar connections because this film invites them they had a short film in front of the movie um yes, yes it did. which i think is is that the first time illumination's done that with one of their animated I,
0: feature I films no i mean i've seen only the despicable me movies and i think i only saw those on dvd so i couldn't tell you for sure i didn't do my research on this one but you're definitely Same. right in that they're trying to make that pixar model of a you know for the short and have a movie that's big and funny but also has a deep emotional heart at the end it's very Pixar light in a sense, especially for the fact that there's so many beats that they're doing from Toy Story. You know, it's the two people, and one's an erotic, and one's more like kind of fun-loving, and one's you know they fight each other, and because they fight, they get lost, and like there's so many elements of that. Uh, One thing I'm very curious about: did this movie feel violent to y'all? Because a little bit, yeah. (laughs) Like they murder a snake and maybe it's because i love snakes and like i had a pet snake for a while and it's, like that just felt really dark and like at the end it's like them fighting people and punching people on the brooklyn bridge and it's just like and there's like giant car accidents It just <laughs> it's like the batman versus superman of kids movies like there's just like a lot of destruction like outside i mean of, like, buildings falling down i guess
2: it's funny you mentioned the the car collateral the collateral damage with the car chase because I had that exact same thought sitting through it and I thought I thought oh, finding Dory just went to the same place like a few yeah. weeks ago with their car mm-hmm, chase mm-hmm. so I can't really complain about that anymore mm-hmm. but like I, Louis C.K.'s character falls in love with um, what is her name again Gidget Gidget, Gidget. right Gidget. as she's like kicking ass that mm-hmm. that is what makes like finally opens his eyes and I thought that was kind of a weird like conclusion to that arc was like, that's what does it for him is seeing her kick all this ass. Like, why did, how did we lead up Mm. to that? Right. It wasn't her finding
0: him in the city. It was her punching people. Yes.
1: (laughs) But yeah, with the, the, the back, back to the, I guess the violence in quotes, this movie, but again, with the cars, I do, I do remember finding myself thinking like, Oh my God! Why is a rabbit driving a bus and is destroying all of these cars? And then I realized that I was a 25-year-old watching a kids' movie and having grown-up reactions, and it was very disturbing.
2: But is a rabbit driving a car more or less plausible than an octopus driving a car?
1: Less plausible. Less
2: plausible. Much less plausible. Yeah.
1: Octopi are aliens, man. They've got like three hearts and they can change colors and they've got eight appendages.
2: <laughs> Jesus. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah Octopi are
1: really intelligent as well. Bunnies are, are dumb rodents.
0: Hmm. <laughs> it's a bizarre film. I think one thing that is good is the voice acting. I really did like Jenny Slate a lot. I think Lucy K is pretty solid. I was curious because I'm a big Lucy K fan. I've actually seen him in two days. Uh, Houston uh, Arena. Oh, nice. Uh, Remind yeah, us who
2: character. Jenny Slate uh, voiced. Which character?
0: Uh, Jenny Slate voiced voice Gidget. Jenny right. Slate's uh, famous from yeah. Parks and Rec, and she's been voice actor in tons of stuff. You'd recognize her if you saw her. Um,
1: Remind me who she played in Parks and Rec.
0: She played Mona Lisa Saperstein, the uh, terrible... I did not get
1: that far in Parks and Rec.
0: Okay. <laughs> she's, a, she's a delight when you meet her. She's the worst person, and she's proud of it. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I, I
2: enjoyed that character a lot, actually. I like, really
1: love that she got all of her motivation from telenovelas. From yeah. <laughs> that, I, that was actually really funny to me. Well,
0: that's the thing that I think is so frustrating about this film is I saw the trailer and there's all these like cute little like uh, vignettes that are done in the first like five ten minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. And the Datsun takes off a thing and uh, like puts a stand mixer on his back to massage himself, and a bird put like flies in front of a fan, pretends he's a fighter jet. There's all these like cute little vignettes. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, it feels like a great little Pixar short, to go back to that, that's stretched out with a bunch of filler in the middle, because it's really cute at the beginning and... End. And that's the parts that really worked mm-hmm. for me. It's really now, all nice, those it's vignettes sort of a, you're talking
2: about that were in the trailers were in the first 10 to 15 minutes of the movie, like you said. Exactly. Like, as I was watching that, I was waiting for the plot time. It's like, wait, I've seen all of this before. Yeah, they
1: put literally <laughs> the best parts of the film into the trailers, yeah. which is probably what got everyone to go see it in the first place. And they're like, oh, well, if this is just the preview, then the rest of the movie is going to be even better. But I didn't feel that it got better after the first 10 or 15
0: minutes. <laughs> right. And it's tough because there's those little moments that I think are very cute. There's that. Mm -hmm. um, I know some people like the sausage scene. I didn't find it. All that interesting or
2: funny? Yeah, that came out of nowhere. That for me. was
1: really weird. Why were they getting high on sausages? What was no, in those c- hot dogs? <laughs> I got the
2: joke that they were just in paradise to the fa- to the point that they were hallucinating. But I really did not need to see like a whole world constructed out of sausage and like people made of sausage eating more sausage.
0: That was just kind of like it was like it was like a, re- a being Be done sure sausage to listen
1: party. to our sausage party cast in a couple yeah, of weeks, guys.
0: Exactly. I felt like flash forwards <laughs> to sausage party good it's point like seth Rogen's gonna point. make a dick joke at any moment it's gonna happen <laughs> yep and and so there are these like these little moments and the end is really cute like you know you see all the owners and the way they match the owners to the people is really cute like Gidget's family of course turns out to be like these super pompous rich people and they have like a framed andy warhol style painting of her and she's at a little <laughs> bowl, and like she has <laughs> a little princess dog fun. and you know the, the 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 cute little bird belongs to like the big tough burly looking guy and like you know clever little cute things like that. And yeah, mm-hmm. they did a great job of that whole... owner moment, but it ends on mm-hmm. this nice note. But it makes like oh, the cower like, <laughs> between the really mm-hmm. cute opening mm-hmm. and the really pleasant ending, which is like not very entertaining.
1: You know, the, 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 last, uh, the last scene where they matched all the pets to their owners, like, I'll admit, I, I found myself, you know, getting a little, you know, teary-eyed, just, you know, the happy, like, all the pets are, the owners are coming back to their pets at the end of the day. It's so sweet. I know how that feels. I love my cat. <laughs> um, but, yeah, as you said, that, you know, there was, you know, up to that point, we didn't really get that. Except maybe for with Duke's owner. Like, as soon as they started showing Duke growing oh, up with his was... owners, like, his owner's gonna be dead. Yeah, me?
0: that was crazy. It was God, like... God, that, was, like that suddenly... was really
1: dark It was out so of nowhere. weird, too,
0: because it was like, suddenly he's like, oh, right, Duke, like you're a character. We need to like establish motivation, I guess, in the last hour. And he's like, mm-hmm. oh, I miss my owner. I've never been back for no reason. And yeah. Then, and then he goes back, and like, oh, he's dead. Oh is that wrapped up like it's just
1: (laughs) yeah
2: that wasn't the only time too i thought that motivations got kind of built up and then thrown away like i never really understood why um the bunnies which is like they, they all decide they all pitch in together and decide to rescue duke and um and max at the end when the truck is falling into the bay but they just were fighting moments before, like I guess just the peril of it brings them together, and that's fine. But they never really had like a moment where they made that transition for me. I guess you know, like everything was just forgotten all of a sudden. I guess it makes right, sense, right.
0: But so many characters to switch for like uh, whatever they need for that scene is what they're. Motivation is now like oh I well mm-hmm. someone needs to save them so now he's the good bunny even though he has right uh, now he spent
2: the whole movie trying to kill him and then the moment he's in actual mortal peril he's like oh we gotta save him like mm-hmm. st- <laughs> it it
0: it definitely made me appreciate the timing that Pixar is very good at I think that was one thing that was really tough for me in the comedy is like some of the things like okay that's funny but I'm not laughing and maybe it is just as like a static theater. And maybe if I was in maybe a better environment I would have laughed more. Mm-hmm. But I would see stuff and I would be like like the Ricky joke. I thought that was that seemed funny to me. Where he's like every time he'd be like, Ricky and then he'd point to like a goose. I thought that was
1: hysterical. I, I, I did, loved yeah. Ricky the Goose. I thought it was funny. But then so did everyone else in my theater. Um right. the maybe audience I just saw that it. I saw it with was was more inclined to, to laugh at things. <laughs>
0: Maybe they were pumping ambient in my theater because we were all like <laughs> dead quiet. It was very weird. So my apologies if my my review is tainted for that reason. But well, I were, I didn't I don't know that. What do you guys? I think?
2: asked my girlfriend who thought it was funny, but the goose joke in particular I didn't get because apparently geese are jerks. Um, they bite people. That's all the time. true. And that's, that's geese are why assholes. This, that's I, I why that was geese, funny. I did not know that beforehand.
0: I have geese I mean, that I live in my apartment, and they are jerks. And my dog chases them every time we go on a walk. yeah
1: yeah i mean i I don't think i thought it was funny for that particular reason but just that there was you know any sort of critter that he kept being like ricky we're doing this for you man because i don't know it was it was amusing i i'll give
2: like this credit that i think i enjoyed kevin hart more as a bunny in this movie than i did in central intelligence doing his like straight man thing to the rocks like Exaggerated.
0: Thing. <laughs> Kevin Hart is somewhat of a cartoon character in real life, I think.
2: Yes. Yeah. But um I thought a lot of the best jokes were actually I think I swear you could tell, like, which ones were written in and which stuff Louis C. K. just kind of threw in there and they decided to add to the script. Like there were a yeah. couple of jokes that were just like there was one in particular when they were like Coming to the end of one of the pipes, I think, and one of the escape scenes, there's just this joke that was tacked on at the end of the scene. Like, his mouth almost stopped moving. The camera was zoomed out, but there was still a joke going. It was one of the better jokes. Like, Yeah, you're right. I feel I like...
0: I can't remember any one particular. I wish I'd written something down or brought my notepad because <laughs> there was one joke that felt like so Louis C.K. where it was just like, man, deadpan, life, this sucks kind of joke. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Yeah. There were those kind of weird in moments in between where it did feel like the personality of the people were taking over more than the animation style. I think he really did hold the uh, movie
2: together and its humor just better than anyone else could have. Like, I can't... As as boring as it was in a lot of those middle parts, I I feel like he kind of kept it going, you know? Yeah,
0: no, I think the the voice acting is what kept me going... uh, I think mm-hmm. for the most part, everyone's voice was really engaging. Kevin Hart got a little bit on the annoying side for me, but mm. he was pleasant enough, and he had to play an over-the-top, insane character, so it worked for it. And it was good to hear Danny Carvey back. I Danny Carvey played the old dog who was paralyzed, who can do everything, mm. um, mm-hmm. and hasn't been in a movie in like twenty years.
1: Do you? Uh, I didn't really see the point of that character, to be honest that's fair <laughs> i mean yeah I I, I I don't really have anything to back that up but just honestly i had forgotten about him until you brought him up and mm. that makes me feel a little bit bad but i mean he was there that's... and i guess he took him to the important places but you know the hawk was was funnier more interesting i don't know yeah but we had to thing, have a uh... forbidden
2: romance between a dog and a cat
1: that was... Okay, yeah. That was, that was That was weird. No, that was weird. That was <laughs> I did not need that. No.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's one of those... Like, it had to do every joke where, like, she's a cat and she's fat and he can't tell what she is because he's old. It was, like, four different, like, misbegotten yeah. identity things in a row. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It, it, the problem I have with the script is it's... Uh, the kind of classic thing is if you can break your script down into and then and then and then then you know you have a problem in terms of pacing it should be this happens because and this happens in spite of you know there's supposed to be twists Mm -hmm. and turns and this film is just like oh we're here and now we go here and then Mm -hmm. this happens it was Mm -hmm. very much set up for what's going to happen here what's going to happen here oh we should have a chase scene oh we should have a funny moment like it, it did feel like set piece set piece set piece there wasn't really a momentum to the story at all
2: and I do feel like part of that might be because they felt like it's, you know, a kid's movie and the kind of movies that Illumination usually does, like there can't be a dull moment in terms of, well, I don't know, they, they, they there were some dark moments, like with Duke finding about his owner and everything, but I, there, there were just so many jokes crammed in that felt like they just put there because they needed a joke. Like, this movie was very self-aware with its humor sometimes to the extent, like like we were just saying with um, with the old paralyzed dog and the cat, like the, the ridiculous, like, crush thing, and you, she just goes, like, I'm a cat, stupid. Like, it's, it's like the movie tries to make a joke, and if the joke is unsuccessful, then it makes another joke about its own failed right. joke. Like, I feel <laughs> like that happened more than one time. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it, it definitely feels like those kind of animated films that don't rely on silence at all. Like, that's definitely with the Duke thing, where it's like, all right, here's the sweet moment. Okay, now, let's go. No, he's dead. No, uh, we gotta move on. Like, it, it never had, like, breathing room, in a sense. You're right, it was just a joke, a moment, funny, sad, exciting. Like, it did feel like a yeah, movie I... it's like, don't get bored, don't get mm-hmm. bored. Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like the... Um... I mean, I guess maybe since this is a children's film, they they didn't feel they had to play up the gravitas as much. But I feel like you know Duke's owner be, being dead would have had more meaning if he had been shown to process that a little bit more. You know, I mean, but instead know, the in, in, dog
2: catchers show up and everything is ruined. well.
1: I know, but like in in my experience, like dogs understand when shit like that happens. Yeah, I mean, All right you know, the, if if they were trying to be accurate to, you know, actual animals, which I understand they're not because it's a children's movie, but, you know, he would have, you know, he, he should have at least, you know, thought about it. it was like, my owner isn't here anymore. This is very sad. But instead he was right. like, oh, well, you know, I, I I got out from my owner's house and, you know, I, I, I'm not there anymore. And Max is like, well, yeah, let's go see him. I was like okay I guess we can and then they did and he got mad for a little bit and then he just seemed to like forget about it entirely and I didn't really feel that was how a dog might actually behave I'll
2: give him the credit at least that they started trying to do some sort of like psychological thing where he was afraid to go back because he thought that because he never came for him at the pound he just didn't need him anymore Mm -hmm. like he was kind of a neglected again kind of a, like a neglected toy story moment from like true <laughs> from like Toy right. story
0: three <laughs> right no it's totally Jesse from Toy Story 2 it's, it's or that yeah event. Oh, that yeah. totally
2: went through my uh, head that totally uh, went yeah. through but my head during scene that flashback was so much sequence. better it was. Damn you! Oh it's god, kind of you song. got a
1: song about it and everything. <laughs> oh god!
2: I didn't like that scene when I was a child going to see it because it because it was so sad. I felt like it was. I felt the pull on my heartstrings, and I was like, "No, this is manipulative. I don't want." To. I was I was a hard hard to oh, child. But well, it feels, it feels I, I, I know for it a feels bad of people. for
0: forever losing something. Like, what if it had a consciousness and it's sad? I left it. Like, it's terrible. Right. <laughs> I, was a, I was a kid who no, lost a lot of toys. That was not what I needed to hear.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: I think, I think John Laster would talk about that moment in Toy Story 2 where he's like, Oh, we have something <laughs> with the evolution of Pixar and shit.
0: Well, uh, this brings up a point I wanted to bring up. Uh, I've heard a lot of people who defend this movie say, it's a kid's movie. You know, it's fun, it's entertaining, it's not...
2: Oh, uh, we've all know not it's awful. bullshit.
0: Yeah, what, <laughs> what standard do you guys feel as adults who don't have kids? Like, this is just who we are. This is what we get quite this is how do you feel... Criticizing kids' movies. I personally hate that argument. So I'm just saying that, but I want to hear you guys first.
1: Well, I think that in comparison to a bunch of the other kids' movies that have come out recently, i.e., Zootopia, i.e., Finding Dory, both of those films, you know, dealt with issues that are relevant in today's society racism and mental illness respectively in a way that made it relatable to kids in a not you know not like a necessarily obvious or preachy way but you know it's something that kids might think about in the future and that's great and it gave kids an important moral lesson to learn and digest and process you know throughout their young lives. Secret Life of Pets didn't do this except in relation to pets. But not really, because, I mean, it showed the pet's perspective. It didn't really show, like, the owner's perspective. Like, all this crap happened to these pets. The owners didn't even know they were gone. Right.
0: It's all, like, in one day, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's all in one day. It was all very one-sided. It didn't show any sort of, like, repercussions for what happened. You know, even, you know, though, even though Max, like, trashed the apartment to try to blame it on Duke, in the morning katie just glossed over when they got back like oh okay so we had a bad first day so what it's still okay let's go I, eat pepperoni on the balcony i
2: love that moment because you could totally tell they were trying to like oh we did this bit in the beginning we need to address
0: this at the end yeah. like
2: right beforehand and it just made it so much
0: right. worse mm-hmm. right like i forgot like i was like oh that's the same day <laughs> i forgot mm-hmm. that that happened i was like do they just gonna remember that happened so at least they remembered it happened you right and I think that's mm-hmm. the thing. I, I don't think any kids are going to hate this movie, but I just don't think kids are. If you want to show sure your kids something to entertain them, that's totally fine, and that, it serves that purpose. But there's so much out there. Like we have Netflix now. We have a wide variety of things to just show kids. If you wanted to, just some show of us something. still have our
1: Disney VHS tapes. And
0: some of us have our
1: VHS tapes, <laughs> clinging to them drastically. I watched The Lion King a couple of weeks ago. I was about to
2: say, do you have a VCR that works? I do. <laughs> yeah. I
1: don't
0: know you can find me. one for I've... ten bucks. i'm old school
1: i have an iphone 4 i can't play pokemon go whatever but i watched the lion king a couple of weeks ago and i just remember thinking this is dark as shit you know this this uncle manipulates this child into believing that the child is responsible for his father's death and says you know run away and don't ever come back because what will your mother think of you and then he tells his lackeys to go kill this kid The kid spends his whole life growing up thinking that he's responsible for his dad I don't know, just, you know, you take that and then you compare it to freaking Secret Life of Pets. It's like... What was the point of this movie?
0: Right. And that's a Did it
1: teach kids anything? No, I don't think it did. Well, it was would, cute. It was kind of funny. I would come but- back
2: at that argument by saying I'm really still not sure what the actual moral lesson of The Lion King is, but I can appreciate <laughs> that there's certainly a lot more drama and gravitas to it. I think that there's no like moral reason not to go take your kid to cuz they're going to see cuz illumination is I, this is my rant that I want to make. It's like I don't know if they're an animation studio or a marketing company at this point because they are just so good at marketing. It's like they come up with the concepts that you know are like cars with Pixar. They're just like worth yep. it for the merchandising aspect. Like in the theater when you go to see Secret Life of Pets, there's an ad right beforehand for AM, uh, is it like AMC Theater Club or something? And there's this whole little short film where Max gets out the window because he's chasing like a ticket stub that's a membership card or something like that did not show
1: that at movie tavern <laughs> no well I, <laughs> I,
2: I, guess movies... I came
0: late at AMC yeah. I missed this one but I believe you. yeah I believe you. no I that's that's
2: illuminating so you know like I mean to that argument that it's okay for kids to like for you to make movies that are aimed down at kids no like obviously not but I liked a lot of stupid shit as a kid and you know, that's going to happen. And your kid is going to want to go see it after they see the trailer, which has all the stuff in the first 10 or 15 minutes of the movie in it. But you know, I mean, yeah, I think, I don't know.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, I, I, I would have no reason to say like, I don't want to show this movie to my kids. It's absolutely not that there's nothing wrong with this film. I just, I don't feel that it, you know, it teaches anything, or that it really has a point. I feel like this is something you should maybe show to younger kids. Just be like, "Oh, let me occupy you for the next hour and a half." Right. Except but that violence
2: then, is sexy. It does teach that violence is sexy. Let's not forget that. That's <laughs> true. We do have the ass. That, that, that's possibly something,
1: of mm-hmm That's a very good point. Also, teach them about telenovelas at a very young age. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's
0: the thing. Yeah, that's my stands too is that there's movies that don't there's movies that don't have good themes that are kids movies that are funny and there are movies that have good themes that aren't as funny and there's you know there are kids movies that do a lot of things the best kids movies do all of them that'd be ideal but there are ones that do it very well I don't think the third Kung Fu Panda movie has deep themes I think the first one actually does, but <laughs> I think the third no, the one is first one, The first really, one yeah. is
1: great. I have not seen uh, two and three, but the first one was excellent. She, the first
2: she one has, like, really, the same moral
0: as every really other good.
1: Yeah, But it she was, was <laughs> still good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. But but three has, like, still has really good action and really good humor. You know, there's something to watch here. I just don't think the action's mm-hmm. good. I don't think the comedy's good. I just don't think the humor's there. And you're right. There's no theme at the end of, like, I learned something interesting. And a great theme will make me appreciate a film. I thought Monsters University was throughout the first movie the theme at the end was so interesting that i kind of like that movie even though it, i know it's not it shouldn't just be there for theme but it's like, wow, the, the theme is really impressive
2: and that's like the fifth time you brought up it monsters University. it's so good we're gonna have to do a yeah. cast on it
0: i know I, I know what you're so talking shocked. about because
2: i've caught it on tv like twice now and i keep watching it because it's there and you keep talking about
0: it it's it's you'll you'll tell it, you, it is it is good minutes, no I, and know. You're I know i'm i'm just saying <laughs> I'm not, I'm i mean helen
2: mirren plays a gargoyle it's perfect
0: <laughs> it's a perfect movie so, yeah.
1: uh, helen mirren as the gargoyle is my favorite part of i want to make it clear that it's I not
2: a joke at helen mirren's expense it's certainly it's not actually she literally in a, in a plays a
1: gargoyle and is one or a dragon thing monster it's critter just the scariest <laughs> and she's thing great
0: pixar's ever put to film. yeah, yeah. so i think yeah. uh I think once we start talking about Pixar movies, we're we're done talking about Zootopia yeah. pets or something else. It is
2: inevitable. Done. They set themselves up for it. You know, they even like have an Illumination logo now, where a little Minion comes out, lest you forget.
0: Yeah, and the, and Illumination blinks out and just says Minion for a second. I'm just like, I was like, I get it. I get it. <laughs> we know. <laughs> it I had funny actually once. forgotten about
1: the short film at the beginning until you guys brought it up.
2: It was, yeah. it was okay, kind of. Was it? It was it? Was... There was maybe one moment that was funny with a garden gnome, but.
1: Uh,
2: uh... Yeah. It, uh... it, it was no Piper,
0: obviously. Obviously. It but... was <laughs> definitely no Piper.
1: I don't know. I think I may have actually liked the the volcano thing in front of Inside Out more than I like. Wow! This... I
2: know Jack really <laughs> likes that one for some reason. I mean, yeah, I, I, I really I
1: actually it. I hated the volcano thing. I hated that. But song. at least that had too. like a you know a catchy song or something, and it was you know loosely based in you know actual geology that happens. This was just a stupid Minions or idiots short film.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like Minions is three Stooges without any of the timing <laughs> like, it's just yeah. just <laughs> like it's just like it's just like he's on the thing it's it just was like just all the short mm-hmm. yeah all right so now let's uh let's take a breath and we'll talk scores so sarah what do you give secret life of pets
1: mm-hmm.
2: sounds like a meh <laughs> it is
1: it's a very solid meh actually um Does anybody happen to remember what I gave Jungle Book? Because that was also a Meh, but I like Jungle Book more than I like this movie. I know I gave
2: Jungle Book a six. I I think I might have
1: I might have given it a six as well. Um,
2: And then afterwards, I thought maybe I should have been a five. Yeah. I know we both got talked down on it. I Mm -hmm. think. Yeah. To where we were. So. Mm
1: -hmm. Um. Yeah, I don't know. What did I give? What did I give Andre? Uh, seven? I don't know. I anyway, well, <laughs> I, I I don't feel like I want to rate this movie very highly. I think out of all of the pod movie game podcasts that I've participated in so far, this is probably my least favorite one. Um, you know, bearing in mind that I don't really remember what scores I gave the other films, I guess I'll give it a five. It was fine it's absolutely something one could take kids to see but i didn't feel that it really had a relevant moral lesson or point or anything that you couldn't take your kids to see homeward bound it wouldn't show them the same thing but you know do it much better
0: all right trevor i'm
2: going to give it a five as well for uh, pretty
1: much the same reasons
2: uh, I don't feel like there's a lot for me to go into on it. Uh, it was, you know, passable. wasn't particularly great, but it wasn't, like, god-awful either. So, I don't know. There are a few good jokes.
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, not because I'm lazy at math, but I am lazy at math. <laughs> uh, I will also give it a five. It's the definition of okay. I mean, it's not terrible. I feel like since I gave Batman vs. Superman a four, and I feel like a little bit more... Aggressively upset about a movie. If I have to go below a five. I was not aggressively upset. It was fine. The jokes are fine. It's not enough of them. It's not clever enough. Not good themes. But there are those little moments. And, you know, there are worse things to take your kids to. We need to remember that there are things like the Smurfs movie that exist. So, mm-hmm. there are there are more terrible films. Out there. So, so, obviously, that means the Movie Game podcast gives a five. Be the Secret Life of Pets. All right, and so next up, we will be doing bets. And uh, Ghostbusters is set to come out. The much uh, controversial, I guess, would be the right word. Film much
2: anticipated <laughs> for various reasons. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's a film I almost want to just be anticipated over with I'm tired. yet also
1: dreaded. <laughs> and I yeah. really can't say whether I am more anticipatory or dreadful.
0: Of it, I'm just ready for both sides to just be done with it. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm just, ready for it to be over. <laughs> I'm ready to move me too. past it. It's it's unfortunate that cluttered with interest in the. Moment. I just but, I
1: want it to be good so badly. I right. really want it to be good, and I guess it could be. But some of the more recent commercials just makes me think this is going to be terrible and embarrassing. None none of them. I don't know. It's it's a it's a good idea in you know in in terms of concept. Yes, like yes, reboot this classic film, but you know flip the gender roles and like that's you know good good actors, good Mm -hmm. actors, good idea.
0: So but disagree I just really on don't that, know what the it.
1: script is gonna do to them, and just. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I like the co-writer Katie Dipple. She's a very funny uh, comedian on a lot of podcasts mm. I listen to. So I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But the we don't know. Is the rest of the world tired of hearing about it or is the rest of the world just completely ignored it? Um, I was talking to a friend of mine. She hadn't heard anything about the controversy, so you yeah. know, maybe people are going in cold. So Ghostbusters is coming out, and we will guess. Are people going to see it? Is the controversy too much? Are we tired of it? Or, or is, are people actually curious about the Ghostbusters box office-wise? So, predictions. We will record next Sunday, so we'll know the uh, estimate for what will make opening weekend. Where do you guys think Ghostbusters will open? Mm-hmm. You want me to start?
1: yes yeah give us a ballpark ben. yeah
0: okay I'll, I'll start uh i'll Make go a little bit high us. on the prediction scale uh predictions kind of have it somewhere between 30 and 50 i'm gonna go ahead and go high and say 50 every time i've seen the trailer in the theater even though i don't personally think it's a really well-made trailer it seems to play decently to an audience especially kids like, i've noticed they've been playing a kids version of the trailer in front of kids really players yeah uh secret life of pets well actually
1: yeah that's that's true it did
0: yeah Yeah. and it kind of cut down a few like language stuff and stuff and i was like oh they're gonna get kids to go to it and the kids are like ghostbusters it's like they love the brand like they want to go see ghostbusters so i think maybe it's too high but i'm just gonna go ahead and do 50 sarah trevor you want to take one yeah i'll say 40. trevor will say 40 and sarah
1: And I guess I'll take the high end and say 60 just in case it happens to draw in all of the, you know, female fans of the original Ghostbusters movie who might say finally we're getting representation in this film that we love. Let's see how it goes.
0: All right. right. Going uh, going strong. All right. Cool. So that is the bet and we'll open it up for the rest of the game to uh, decide. And last week's bet was we were betting on the... Spread in between Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic for Ghostbusters, and the reviews are out today, and uh, have been pouring in, and mostly positive, uh, much to the chagrin of people who wanted to hate this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, they've of course been cherry picking the negative ones, but that's what people do. So let me see real quick, add it up. Right now on Rotten Tomatoes, Ghostbusters is a seventy-four, wow. and on Metacritic, really, it, yeah, on a Metacritic it is a sixty-three. Well, I lost. Yeah, the spread... Trevor's was a 30. Trevor had a big spread. Wow. Um, so, Jack technically is the winner, but Jack is not here. So, I, Jack guessed 10. He was technically the winner. But I guessed 15. So, that means I get a talk. Because <laughs> I'm perfect. So, uh, I wanted to just talk real quick. Uh, I'm moving, so I don't have as much content to talk about. But I'll just talk about something a lot of people have talked about. And just reiterate that you all should definitely check out O.J. Made in America. It is, for those who don't know, it's a f- really phenomenal documentary under the 30 for 30 banner, which is ESPN's documentary film record. Uh And it is their most ambitious film ever. It is seven hours long. Uh, it is split up into five parts each, uh, about an hour and a half long, feature length, but very bingeful It's a film you can really just sit down and just drive through, and it's so interesting because I also love the narrative film, which is just about the trial. This is more about uh death, uh, called The People O.J., which is also good. But this one kind of goes even further back than that one. It goes into O.J.'s career as a kid, but also talks about how you know, he didn't really help out with the uh, civil rights movement in the 70s, and becoming a businessman in the 80s, and what it meant to be this like sort of high-profile black actor and spokesman, and then like, his fall, and like, what happened after the trial, whereas you know, people just the trial, and it's just incredible. And I didn't think that two things about OJ would come this year, and they'd be two of my favorite things of the year in any medium. I, I really recommend both, especially uh, especially OJ made America, which is better. Uh, the people for that one's really good as well. It's just incredible view of race and fame and greed and crime and downfall, and it's just great. It's one of the best documentaries I've seen in a long time. So, please check out. OJ Made in America. It's, it's pretty great. So, that'll do it for the Movie Gang Podcast. Uh, for everyone involved, we want to say thank you for listening. Be sure to check us out on Facebook. Like and subscribe us. Be sure to give us a review on iTunes. It does actually help out the show. It does help with the, their help us find new listeners. So we really appreciate it. And always uh, feel free to email us. So, for everyone, we'd like to say thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.